Welcome to episode one of Unsupervised Learning, a show where we bring members of the Merlin Mind team together for quick conversations about the latest and greatest and craziest happenings in artificial intelligence, technology, and education. We're here to learn what else is going on in the world and to think out loud, why does it matter and how can it guide us in the important work we're doing to bring artificial intelligence to education? If you're an educator or an AI technologist, we hope you find these conversations useful. Let's go. Okay, Aditya, I'm so excited for us to start this conversation together. For everyone yes. listening, oh yes, first, Aditya, why don't you introduce yourself first? Hey, hi guys, uh, this is Aditya. Um, I'm a research scientist at Merlin Mind. Uh, with a background in AI, machine learning, and all the awesome words. Yes. So we got one of the <laughs> smartest people on the team to join us here today. My name is Levi Belknap. I lead strategy for Merlin Mind. And if you don't know, Merlin Mind is an artificial intelligence company that is bringing AI to education in a very different way to try to assist teachers with the help while they teach, have a digital assistant that can help them orchestrate learning, use voice control over the classroom technology they use every day, really trying to say, how can we take the best of AI, bring it into classrooms to help teachers do what they do best, which is to teach and connect with students? Well, in the process of us trying to build this world-changing technology, we have a lot of really incredible people inside of the company thinking about what's happening everywhere else in the world. What is AI useful for in other industries? And how could that influence what we do and potentially influence how teachers think about AI? So this was Aditya's idea of like bringing this conversation together so we could share with the world some of what we're learning and how it could maybe be useful for other people. So Ditya, I don't know if you want to give a little bit of a yeah, summary so of that. That's, that's exactly the idea, right? So um, in order to do the, the big grant goal that uh, Levi talked about, right? we are trying to help teachers. We're trying to give them the appropriate tools and support so that they can do what they do wonderfully well, which is teach. Um, and and we, we keep hearing about so many awesome things happening in AI. Uh, and we, we should be aware of those. And we just wanted a peek or a behind the scenes understanding of how we at Merlin Mind uh, try to develop these solutions, right? What goes through in our, um, what's the process, right? To uh, develop the appropriate solutions um, by looking through at AI, what's happening around, how it's relevant to us, how we can use that to solution the appropriate uh, um, support tools that we can cre create for the teachers, right? So just trying to have a brainstorming and the conversation on, around this, how, how we do that. Fantastic. So this will evolve over time, but we're gonna start today by highlighting a few articles um, looking at AI happenings and evolutions and what's happening in a few different industries. And Aditya is going to kind of teach me about those. And I'm going to ask him some questions as a layman who doesn't understand AI as well as he does. And hopefully together we can learn some stuff. So uh, Aditya, why don't you start on the first topic? Yeah, so um, I, I just wanted to highlight, I think this is an interesting uh, um, uh, article that I've uh, uh, found, right? It's, it's uh, do you know about this uh, theory of uh, fast and slow, uh, thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman? You yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah. I read Daniel Kahneman's book a long time ago, Thinking Fast and Slow, and it actually had a huge impact on my life and the way that I kind of think about Same here. A, a lot of things, really. I mean, one of the, <laughs> this is not the piece of the theory we're going to talk about today, but there was a thing I read in that book years ago, this idea of like the peak end uh, phenomenon that people remember the highest or the lowest thing in a situation yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing. And so I'm constantly thinking about how can I engineer this situation with my kids so that we have a good, we end well, right? Because if we end poorly, like they only remember how bad the trip was or the vacation or the road they trip. They only remember the end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so that's, a, that's an interesting thing. So, uh, but yeah, 
the one which you're going to talk about is this um, notion of system one and system two that he brings into in this in this uh, uh, that, in, that they talk about in the book, right? Yeah. Where uh, it's all about um, uh, that the way human mind works is that you actually have a system one, a system two. System one is something that does things fast, uh, things fast, uses heuristics to make decisions, uh, whereas system two is something that uh, that is a slow thinker, uh, you know, analyzes it a bit more and understands it a bit more. So that idea. Before, but something that before we jump too far, before we jump too far, the word heuristics I think is a hard word. Even when I hear it, I like rarely know what heuristics means, right? So Fair it's point. just like, what does it mean? System one, how is it different uh-huh. than system two? So like, I'm a I'm a human walking through my day, and suddenly there's a moment where I have to make a decision. So let's say uh, it's a a car is driving past me. I'm about to walk in front of it. Which system stops me from walking in front of the car? System one, because. You you react. It's a reactive thing. You don't analyze. You don't say, "Oh, the the car is coming. I should move out." There is no slow thinking happening over here. You're not analyzing the situation. You're reacting from your experience. Your so your heuristics are pulling up your past experience immediately, and you're reacting. And then you actually realize that, "Oh, wait, I actually took it." You know, you think later. Yeah. You act first, and that's your system one. Okay. Um, so and, system and one, one of the fast yeah. reactions, solving problems, when we don't have time to really think about them. So then and, and also two, things that yeah, you're, you uh, it's it's a part of your experience. Like for example, if somebody now says, "Oh, what is one plus one?" You will say two. You don't actually try to, you know, do your math in your head, even if it's mm. math that you're potentially scared of. You will never think twice to say one plus one is two. Mm. On the other hand, if somebody gives you a huge problem with eight digit multiplied by an eight digit, you can't do that, even if you are a, a I mean, except you are a supercomputer, a superhuman <laughs> computer. But then otherwise, you actually have to still, you know, go through the whole process. That's your system too, trying to solve the problem. It needs more uh, resources of your, you know, to actually solve it. Okay. Uh, what's another, what's another like, example what? of system two that folks could understand if it's like outside of a math problem? So everyday um, life, I'm walking through what happens to me where I'm like, wow, I got to stop. When you're making a big decisions, right? Like when you're trying to make decisions of, uh, um, oh, I, I need to make a decision on whether I have to proceed with this project or not. You actually think through it. You don't make a, a Heuristic. Uh, so it's like, I got to buy the car now. Not worry about getting run over by a car, but I got to buy a car. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if I want a big car, a small That's car, a, a red one, car, yeah. a white car. Like I got to put all these different pieces together. You, 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 you evaluate. You, yep. you, you, take the, you, you take the pros and cons, you evaluate it, and then reach a decision, right? You don't go yeah. by heuristics. So I'll take this. That's the heuristic. Heuristic is basically it's, it's suboptimal. It's not perfect. It's, it's not something that you're trying to analyze to the details. You're just going by your intuition. Intuition is a very good big, um Example of a heuristic. Okay. When you say, oh, I took the decision intuitively, that means your system one kicked in. It was not system two that was doing things for you. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, teach us more about what, like, what does AI have to do with system one and system two and Daniel Kahneman's kind of theory? Exactly. So, so uh, researchers, right, have always had this issue with AI as AI is solving narrow AI problems, which means you can develop systems that solve a particular problem, right? Really well, right? It can do image recognition really well. You can do speech recognition really well, but for each of those tasks, you need to build a separate system. Okay. System as a separate architecture, a separate solution. But but if you think about how people talk about intelligence, like human intelligence, we don't have separate system. You don't have separate human who does one thing. Uh, one human does uh, speech recognition, and the other human does image recognition. No, we all do all those things very well. So there is this whole problem of general AI versus narrow AI, and uh, the researchers are trying to see if this, the reason um, or the solution heading towards general AI is trying to uh, uh, use this architecture of uh, uh, fast and slow AI, right? Um, they call it SOFI, slow and fast AI. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Uh, this architecture where they're trying to have two solvers, they call it solvers, right? Solver one, solver two. Solver one is again, fast, quick, heuristic based, right? Uh, so that if it's an already seen problem, you can actually um, uh, compress it into a model and that enables you to solve the problem quickly. While it's an unseen problem, you go to solver two, which tries to uh, uh, use its um, um, meta, again, this is something that yeah. we will talk about it, a metacognition, right? Which is trying to learn from its uh, and develop a model for what it's observing. So that over time, things from solver two become part of solver one, which happens with us as well. Okay, right? so, if you do some, mm -hmm. so humans right. do that well. Today, if I have a narrow AI application that doesn't have this type of system one and system two, like solvers, what happens when the AI can't solve a problem that it was built to solve? Is there some other path or it just breaks? It doesn't solve that. It, most of the cases, it just breaks. It doesn't solve or it ends up giving a solution which could have uh, drastic uh, consequences, right? Because okay. it's not trained for it. It's not used for it. It's, it's, you're trying to put something that's, uh, that doesn't know how to do it into a task which it has never seen, right? And that could have really bad consequences. And one of the challenges has always been about artificial general intelligence as trying to develop an AGI. That's what they call it. It's yeah. like, how do we build an AI that does general intelligence, right? It's and like, for, it's- For people it's who don't know what AGI means, artificial general intelligence, just talk about like, what does that mean in theory, if you had AGI? Uh, it's, 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 basically, it's as, as smart as a human, it can do whatever a human does? Uh, let's not go there, but basically <laughs> you, can never, you can never actually get there. I mean, that's my personal thing right. as of now, because you know, human intelligence is beyond just solving tasks, right? We do have other uh, hundreds of other things that we do, which cannot really be mathematized, right? right? Or, or put into a, a model, right? Um, like empathy. And, I mean, this is, but, I mean, and when you get to like the heart of Merlin Mind, like this company was started because we don't believe AI can replace humans. Like we need AI to help teachers. There's no possible way for a computer to teach with empathy and emotion and connection with humans. So just a, we, are, we have a very strong position internally at Merlin Mind on what AI can and can't do, but back to AGI. So keep going. Right. So it's about all these different tasks, right? Uh, keep it. Humans, right? Again, coming back to the intelligence, the the task doing th uh, uh, aspects of intelligence or human, right? There are several uh, aspects of it. The fact that you can transfer one learning to the other, mm. you you can actually learn from few examples. That's that's what humans are good at, right? In one shot learning or few shot learning that people talk about. You actually show two examples of a cat um, to a toddler. He or she will be able to recognize the cat and you know identify a cat as long as. Um, they no see matter. a cat on the street, they're like, oh, that's a cat. I mean, no matter that's, what that's, color, how big, how small, exactly. how long. Exactly. They don't need a generalized examples. That's something that was missing in the uh, traditional AIs, right? Things have changed now. Things have started becoming this whole one shot, few shot learning is evolving much better, mm. right? How we can actually do things with a, uh, and transfer your learnings from one domain to the other. Okay. Which again, humans are really good at. So uh, AGI is again moving it further. It's not just about from one domain to the other, but from one task to the other. Keep it general, right? It, it should be able to do task at a general level. You're not training it to do uh, each task independently, but you should be able to learn to make a general intelligence task. And that's all about AGI. And this this uh, this uh, uh, paper that I was talking, this research uh, uh, project, right? That these guys have done researches, uh, uh, the SOFI ones, are trying to take it one step further. The, the proposal and the belief is that that will lead us to actually go closer towards AGI by having this decision maker who can decide whether you have to go by solver one or solver two mm. and things of that sort. The interesting part though is, which I really like, uh, if you if you read Dan Brown's book Origin, okay. um, yeah, he, it, at the end of the book, 
the the big AI that solves the problem of you know origin and everything actually has a similar structure. You won't believe that it's it's. <laughs> I don't know whether it was inter- it was intentional or not, but he actually talks about the eventual AI being something that is part one, uh, system one and system two kind of thing, right? So maybe there's something to it. <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's cool. an interesting thing. Yeah. So why does it matter to? I mean, I think that we understand why it matters to AI. So what I think what I just mm-hmm. heard you say is. AI has had a very difficult time replicating the way the human brain brain works. It's just really complicated. Mm-hmm. Looking at what Daniel Kahneman learned, maybe the human brain has this kind of system one, system two component to it that makes it very efficient at instant tasks and then very efficient at complex tasks because it uses different processes. So if AI can figure out how to structure a system similarly, maybe it can be very good at the instant kind of repetitive tasks that it knows very well and have a way to also deal with things that are more complex they weren't exactly right. what it was trained for. Why does it matter to us, to education, to like the way you think about AI applied to education? Yes. So, um, so several things, right? I mean, we talked about a general human doing so many things. Now think about a superhuman like a teacher, right? <laughs> he or she does <laughs> actually, thousands of things, right? It's like just actually, a... <laughs> like thinking, I mean, I think this idea that, it, that a teacher is superhuman is actually core to why we exist. Maybe dig into that a little bit. Like, what does that mean? Why, why do we think of them as superhumans? We, we, we were actually talking to a few teachers, right? I mean, like one of the teachers, we were just looking at uh, um, her workflows in a classroom, right? Yeah. You, you don't imagine, I mean, I, I, I think Diva, you might remember, right? But, but this video where the teacher was actually teaching um, at, at a particular instant, there was one moment when we paused her uh, um, uh, her, you know, lesson to see what she's going through, and oh my God, she actually had five or ten things right running in in parallel at that instant, one second. She's uh, yeah. like she was concerned about uh, a student, uh, you know, what she's teaching. Of course, uh, she was doing a hybrid learning, so she had to care about people on the Zoom over there asking her questions, whether they are they are active, whether there's you know what they're doing at home, right? Uh, um, add to that, one of the uh, students over there on Zoom was actually asking her, Ma, uh, Miss, my, my Zoom is down. What do I do? And things like that. She's trying to solve a tech problem. Uh, she's trying to, and one of the students in the classroom said, Ma'am, can I, uh, Miss, can I go to the restroom? It was like, <laughs> she has so many things to keep track of. And then, of course, she's stuck in the whole technology problem, right? She's trying to connect multiple wires and everything. That is superhuman, man. If that's not oh, yeah. superhuman, I don't know what else is. Yeah, I mean, one instant you're doing hundreds of things, right? That's, 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 not possible. I mean, I can't think of that's humanly not possible and, and hence superhuman, right? Yep. So, so, and, and, and so we talked about humans doing, having the structure of system one, system two and whatnot, and they are doing things. What about a superhuman, right? They, they do hundreds of things. Any kind of support that you can give is going to make a difference, right? So that's the whole idea behind building, uh, building Merlin and everything that we've, we've done. Now, if we can aim towards having an assistant that has such kind of a, a, a system one, system two, right? It can enable this meta understanding of, oh, what are the things that the assistant can take away from the teacher to handle, right? That's all system one stuff. Right. You know, the teacher has trained the system one of the of Merlin to help her out in a few of these tasks. And then only things that Merlin thinks, you know, I can't do it because they're not part of system one. It's my system two. And the system two for me is my teacher. So I can, you know, push it on to the teacher. It's, it's the augmented side of it that we talk about always, right? Yeah, it's that's the assisted really intelligence. So it's like your system one is Merlin and system two is your teacher. As an educa- in an educational uh, um, uh, environment, right? You can actually maybe envision something like that so that you can offload a bunch of these uh, heuristic related tasks that are not really um, um, necessary for the teacher to be 
putting her attention on and actually let her enjoy what she's really uh, uh, enjoying her doing, right? It's like teach the kids, uh, empathize with the kids, humanize with the kids. We don't expect AI to be doing that anytime soon. So yeah. actually, you know, have that kind of uh, uh, um, experience uh, is going, going to change the way um, if, we, if we think of that in the direction is going to change the way um, we teach and learn, right? In classrooms. Yeah. That's really exciting. Is uh, one question: Is system one or system two better? Is there one of like is one way to think better than the other? Um, I wouldn't say better. I would and I say. Remember, Kahneman said no, right? Like that. There's it's no, not that this, one is better. It's not, there's no. It's it's more about uh, which is more complex. Right. Is what I would say. But it's there's no better or uh, both are needed. Yeah. You can't survive without the other, right? I mean. And right now, a single superhuman is doing hundreds of system ones and hundreds of system two, right? All we're saying is maybe we can help out taking a few of your system one stuff so that you'll yeah. be offloading I mean, some of your other things. While one may or may not be better than the other, at times one is necessary in order to solve the problem and the other system yeah. can't solve it, right? Exactly. But if you don't, system two takes time by definition, right? Like you, you have to have time to devote a different level of thinking yeah. and attention and focus which means in a classroom with all of the things teachers have going on, any problem that requires a system two, like I got to focus, pay attention, think about this problem. They may not be able to do that for lack of resources, exactly. time, right? Yeah. So I think maybe that's one of the promises, I guess, of like trying to build that kind of a that's the hope. collaborative yeah. solution, right? Exactly. That's, that's the hope. And we can actually, uh, you know, this we're going to do this only by working with teachers, of course, right? So we are going to have a conversation with them and what they think is the right direction to go towards. But this is an idea. This is something that we could actually uh, think of about positioning our, uh, our way of, of helping out this, this, these superhumans, right? So uh, for what they do, uh, outstanding yeah. stuff, so. Well, Aditya, this is a fantastic conversation about system one and system two and AI and how it applies to education. I hope those are listening have enjoyed this. I hope it's helpful. And we look forward to feedback, any questions, any uh, thoughts on other topics we should cover. Um, we look forward to the conversation. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Unsupervised Learning. We hope you'll join us for the next one. And until then, keep on learning.